Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Hey, what is up, people of the internet? Welcome back. It's your final week of the year, and we have another episode of the Waveform Podcast for you. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. I'm Andrew. And we got to talk about the blind smartphone camera test. It was a lot of fun, a lot of data collection, a lot of really interesting results. We did it scientifically this time, which was sweet. But also, we've got a, a few keyboard launches we may or may not be excited about. I think Andrew is yeah, I will. Yeah, I like keywords a lot now. So <laughs> we also have a, a calendar app that I, I guess I should give a quick that shout out. That you're excited about. That, yeah. I'm, that I'm excited <laughs> about. That's me. Uh, we're also going to revisit our 2022 tech predictions, mm-hmm. which I actually don't remember any of what I said. So there's some be fun brief. one. I had so much fun watching the old episode. Okay, it's going to be fun. This should be good. But first. I do want to give a big shout out to uh, Adam Bubrow. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but he has a table tennis YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. I've been watching for a while, actually. Um, And we actually got to collaborate with him because he's all over the world all the time. But he was in New York City for a couple of days. He hit us up and we couldn't resist the opportunity. I just wanted to go play. And but I also wanted to find a way to shoot a video. So we got him to play table tennis using various tech items. Mm Uh, he's extremely good at table tennis. Extremely good. At so I'm not going to spoil anything, but like he's pretty good. Okay. Go watch the video on the studio channel he's, for he's, sure. He's pretty it's good. awesome. Uh, there's also a video coming to his own channel. So if you mm-hmm. want to subscribe to him, I played against him and just like straight up matches of table tennis. So yeah, it'll, be, it was it'll fun. be fun. I also want to, real quick, you said final week of the year. We This is the final week we're recording quote-unquote live we have a pre-recorded episode that'll go out next week which is actually the last one so th- there will be a streak continued it's, it's a, a long form episode, episode too, yeah yeah um david adam ellis have been working on this for like six months it's all ready to go for next week so don't worry there still will be an episode out next week story time that's yeah. what it is okay you got another calendar app because uh, why I, wouldn't you get another calendar so i didn't want to like I've I've told you guys about my addiction to productivity apps. Like it's I I'll try anything at this point. Mm-hmm. I've been using this one actually for a little bit and I didn't tell you guys about it. I was just kind of like messing around as I usually do. Um but I really like it. It's a calendar app called Cron and just last week, which is why I tweeted about it, they released their first mobile app, which is the iPhone calendar. It's an iOS calendar okay. app. So there's no Android version yet, but they keep saying it's coming, which okay. is cool. But I mostly use it for the desktop app, which is a Mac app. And is it? Let me check if it's also on Windows. But if you get it, is not. Okay. So that's one of the downsides of a lot of these niche apps that I try is they'll be like 
a small enough development team that they're only on one or two platforms, mm-hmm. which is really a bummer. Um, I use Google Calendar, so this syncs with Google Calendar. So okay. sorry, Outlook people, this doesn't work for you. But if you use Google Calendar, like That's I what do, what you get for using Outlook? I mean, it's a pop, in the enterprise world. Lots of people use I, it, I, but like that's why I hate personal, it. Yeah, for my personal calendar. I'm a Google Calendar person, so I like I never use the Mac Calendar app. I never use Outlook. But this app is good. It's fast. Yeah. It's good looking. It's functional. It's got the keyboard shortcuts that I like. I I live in, like I said, like three apps, and I live in Cron now. It's really good. Okay. So That's if awesome. you're if you're interested, if you use Google Calendar, uh, I would suggest also dropping it on your iPhone too because it's better than the stock Google Calendar app that I've been using. Uh, mostly because of the widget. We'll get a shot yeah. of the widget. It's a nice widget. This is something where like. I've never found myself wanting anything other than just my Google Calendar app. I just accidentally started a workout. Nice. Sorry. Um, just leave it going. See I'll just, yeah, whatever. We'll check it back later. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, like, to me, a calendar widget just means, hey, I want you to be stressed more. Every time you look at your phone, I want you to know how busy you are. Is it the upcoming event that? It's just seeing it right there. Like, I know when I'm clicking the button on my calendar, it's like, I know I'm busy. I know I'm already stressed. I'm going to look at why I'm stressed. If I just have the ca- it up every time where I'm like, I'm just going to check the time. Oh my God, this is going to be a long day. <laughs> also, just... I was wrong. It is on Windows. Oh, it oh. is. It's a small link all the way at the bottom. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it, <laughs> but you it can looks, get it. It looks really good. It is also, I think it's invite only, so it's not exactly easy to use. <laughs> I should have mentioned that. No, yeah, no. Dude, I had people, I had friends of mine messaging me like, yo, do you guys have any extra invites? Yeah, it's, I don't have any. I haven't, I haven't gotten like messages like that since like the early Dropbox days or like u- the Uber days when you would get like free rides with early invites and stuff it's like a, that. It's, it's a very tech company thing to do. There's OnePlus something about it. it I love for some reason. People hated it when OnePlus did it, uh, but that was just to be able to get invited to then buy a thing okay. versus just getting an invite to use a thing. Like I got on the wait list for a Notion AI. That one finally got into Notion AI and it's like, I'm, I'm not paying extra for it, but mm-hmm. I understand the wait list thing. Builds the hype. Yeah. Builds the hype. So, you know, check it out if you're interested. Uh, if you're addicted like me, there's another one actually I kind of want to try. Of course, there never is. mind. I, won't even get I was into just going to ask you, like, do you think you can use this calendar app for one whole calendar year? Okay, there's another one called Routine. That's a no. If <laughs> anyone was wondering, <laughs> routine.co. I went to the site. It's also uh, in beta and it's on a waitlist thing, but there's a Mac OS, a Windows, and an iOS app. And go- if you go to this website, tell me you wouldn't want to try this app. It's this got looks just like Sunrise. It does, but it's got your task list next to your calendar which talks to also we use notion and it has your notion tasks in there count all of it is in one i feel like if i could i could use all three things in one app that would be even better have you guys ever heard of the alarms app (laughs) okay (laughs) it's gone all right you have a keyboard you want to talk about yeah i don't know where i i was just i have a couple keyboards actually okay my uh my r button is slowly breaking on my current oh wow problems with macbook keyboard oh on your oh man okay well okay then let's segue that into i'm in the market one plus is coming out with a keyboard that they're partnering with keychron actually interesting which when i first heard one plus keyboard i was like kind of weird not against it like i i love keyboards i think they're really fun i think i'm slowly diving further and further down the rabbit hole of keyboards and i love it um oneplus making one i was excited but i was like uh i'm not quite sure then i saw it was with keychron i'm like okay cool at least they're partnering with a a reputable brand already yeah and they almost feel like they match as far as their market positioning i I always feel like maybe not lately but oneplus being the lower price competitive but surprisingly good 
overall like product for the price yeah is and that's also what i i feel like that's a separate question on. is that still OnePlus, or have we all just kind of given so up on what OnePlus <laughs> is doing anymore that's what OnePlus would like to think it is okay and that's also what i think of when i think of keychron okay is that fair that's fair yeah i'll call that fair um the thing is is we don't know much about it but i just wanted to talk about it because their page for it trying to find information is insanely confusing so i'm going to read you the the first couple things you get when you go to their page about their keyboard. Okay. You get one picture of a silver key with a little red squiggly line. Um, a couple things that say it's um, switches co-created with fans, double gasket mounted design, custom made layout and profile. And then it says, subscribe to get 30 red coins and receive product news updates. Back this product with red coins and get three times the amount invested during the product pre-order stage. See terms and conditions. And then a button to subscribe to news updates and become an investor. An investor. I'm very confused. It feels like a Kickstarter for yeah. it, but like, oh. I don't, it almost feels, do you know what it kind of feels like? It kind of feels like what nothing did to like, like invest into it way beforehand, which is funny because nothing <laughs> is Carl, which is from OnePlus, but not at OnePlus anymore. Yeah. But also this is for a keyboard, which feels kind of weird. And that is odd. I mean, one. OnePlus is they have they have BBK money, so it's not like they yeah, need I, to do a Kickstarter. But that is kind of a hypey thing to do still. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if more and more companies, and I don't think this is like some revelation or anything, but um, it's telling me my lap speed, which is not great right now. I need to turn this off. I'm sorry. What type of workout did you do? I guess a run, <laughs> a track workout. But it's telling me every minute. Okay. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Sorry, future Adam. Um, it feels like a lot of companies, which isn't much of a surprise, it feels like they're launching these Kickstarters more along the line of, it reminds me of like when you have a Teespring campaign and it's like, rather than make way too much of a product, you want a, an idea of how many people are going to order so then you yes. can make the exact amount of the product and not have too much overhead. Okay. Yeah, that that's what sense. I get from this. Yeah, like if you're OnePlus, you don't really know how many people would buy a OnePlus keyboard. You might yeah. think it's a cool idea, but then like, all right, all our all our buyers don't necessarily own a product that needs a keyboard mm -hmm. like this. So we'll just put the idea out there, give people a button to sign up, and then figure out more about what these people want, and then make it later. Yeah. Okay. And you just have to use red coins to do that. Whatever those Whatever are. Whatever the hell that is. Whatever. But um, <laughs> in terms of timetable, that's the only other thing we really know here. Um, it says in. January will be testing phase. February will be the product launch, but I'm guessing that just means the announcement. And then it says March to April, mass production starts. So if mass production starts in March at the earliest, I can't imagine we're seeing this till May or June, probably. Yeah, I have right? no idea what the life cycle of a keyboard is, yeah. like how it gets made. But yeah, sometime next year is how <laughs> I'm putting we'll it. Because again, it's going to be like probably limited supply. I think you'll have to get one super early. And if you don't, it'll be sold out. And then you have to wait again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not but sure. But interesting. I, I feel like I was going to say there's like several different levels of, of keyboard enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. I haven't gone all the way to the bottom of the rabbit hole yet. Okay. You're but, segueing into everything I want to talk about this oh, okay. fantastically, by the way. I mean, I just... I, I used to be the just regular chiclet style keyboard mm -hmm. person on everything. So my laptop, obviously. But then when I got really good at typing fast on my laptop, I was like, let me just use that same keyboard on my desktop. So I just used literally the Magic yeah. Keyboard for a long time. And I thought mechanical keyboards as a category was a little extra and niche. 
And I didn't really get into it. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So I finally got to try a few, and I think mostly it was because I was on a Mac at this point, and I had realized there weren't as many mechanical keyboards mm-hmm. for Mac. So every time I tried one, I'd be like, oh, it's kind of cool, but it just has Windows keys, and I can't yeah. use it. So I found a couple good Mac mechanical keyboards, and I was like, all right, I get mechanical keyboards over chiclet style. More satisfying, the oh, yeah. sound, they're better built. This this Magic keyboard is obviously just a flimsy piece of you know the thin metal that Apple made. So I was like, all right, I get it. But like artisan keycaps and like crazy seven pound boards and like people gluing down, like making their I, own keyboards from scratch. I was like, that is, that is far out. That is crazy far out. I get mechanical keyboards, but I'm probably never getting there. Now you're opening a package opening. right now. Now I'm at the point where like, I understand, I feel like the differences between different switches for different types yeah. of activities, I'm into that, wired versus wireless, different keyboard <clears throat> layouts and things like that. I kind of miss having a number pad. I'm considering my next mechanical keyboard being a little bit bigger we, and having a number pad. We just got a couple, um, we just got a couple of Gloria sent us their Bluetooth numpad. That's just like an extra numpad on the oh, side right. with a couple extra volume controls and or like macro controls that's pretty sick potentially um, cool it's kind of like that won't work on mac though yet probably um i'm not sure glorious I'll is plug a weird thing you might be able to try it we I'll have try. them we should try it um okay. but like that's the kind of thing i like 10 keyless or like 60 percent and stuff like that without the numpad and then but sometimes it's just so nice to have the numpad so to have it on the side that i can pull it over kind of like what i do with my trackpad on the mac is really nice yeah um but you you segued into talking about a seven pound keyboard what did you just pull um, out of that bag? so like you you said You've been enjoying mechanical keyboards more and more. I was lucky enough that after the typing test, a company called Monokey reached out and wanted to send a board. Um, It was not built. They sent us the PCB, the case, and some keycaps. We had a bunch of switches at home, and when I got COVID, I got very bored, so I built my first keyboard, and I'm insanely proud of this. Can I hold it? But feel this. It is a you couldn't ink. it feels like solid metal like you can legitimately hurt people with this oh yeah it's crazy because the keyboard i was using before and i used in that video the key colt 265 i thought was heavy and i really liked it because i mean one it's a beautiful keyboard and two when i'm playing games it just had like some more heft to it and i don't yeah. like my keyboard sliding around this thing it, I can't move. If I was going to say, there's got to be some diminishing returns. Like, I have a pretty heavy keyboard. It doesn't move. If my keyboard is three times as heavy, I think the only thing I would notice is a general more funk feeling. I don't think I would, it would move it's, less. I don't think it's like, yeah, it's not the feeling so much. I mean, it's solid, so I'm sure there's somewhat of a feeling coming through. I'm sure there's keyboard people out here who are like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. But I you're agree. right. I agree. <laughs> yeah. um, for me... And a perfect example you saw this morning is I get insanely competitive. I broke my ping pong paddle <laughs> this morning when we were playing. Yeah. And like when I'm playing games, I will like shove my keyboard and stuff. So mm. now it's a so lot harder. Being seven um, pounds, you'll actually break things yes. with your keyboard. <laughs> yeah, right. This is a beautiful keyboard, though. Um, I mean, I think I have to give a little ASMR test right now. Sure. I'm just going to type subscribe to Waveform. Solid. Yeah, that was solid. It's, it's very nice. I don't want to go too deep into this because it's not the uh, look. I appreciate nice keyboards, keyboards now. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I appreciate them. Um, I'm in the market for a wired. Well, it could be wired for a Mac OS compatible. Yeah, mechanical mm-hmm. keyboard of any size, actually. And I just want to like at. confirm. Like, we know you can use Windows keyboards on Mac. It's 
it is much nicer when you do have all the correct keys all and all the key keycaps keys. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there is, there's, there are just tools. an ease of use to it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not against it. I love the glorious keyboards. That's just, this is what got me. Like, I was using a glorious keyboard mm -hmm. on my Mac after I was using the Magic Keyboard, and I'd remapped all the the Control key, the Windows key, everything to like match up. But I still realized that I use the brightness and media controls a lot, yeah. also on the Magic Keyboard. So having those just not work at all was kind of a bummer. So I really just want a specifically Mac OS compatible one. Yeah, that's where I'm at. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. Okay. I have one more keyboard that I want to show you that um, just got announced. I want you to click the link in the doc. It's from Final Mouse. And I want you to tell me what you think about this because I will be upfront. I don't like this company at all. So I okay. am super biased looking at it, but I'd like to see what you think. Maybe describe it Is a little it the bit. the Verge one? Uh, With a screen? Yes. Okay. Because the Verge title is this mechanical keyboard has a whole ass screen underneath its keys, mm -hmm. which is That's amazing. A, yep. Final Mouse has a $350 keyboard, which appears to have transparent keys mm -hmm. and a video playing on a screen underneath those transparent keys. So when you touch keys on the keyboard, the video actually reacts. This is more than just a video. It's actually... Yeah. It looks like you're. Uh, it's like an overhead view of a f like a a koi pond. A koi pond, and when you hit a key, the fish all scatter away from the key that you pressed. That's that is that's over my head. That's, that's a, extra. well, okay. This I don't know if all of them do that because they've showed a few examples, and I believe the fish one was the only one that kind of interacted correctly. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's a keyboard where essentially there's a screen underneath the keys. You have full transparent keycaps and then rather than just like rgb and kind of like <laughs> in rgb keyboards you can have things that like the lights pulse or you can have them rainbow slide and oh like if you God. press keys it'll like puddle from out from that this is taking it to another level with this video is, but this is nuts i'm looking at the video on right now You're, there's like a marketplace for buying videos that play that under the keyboard this is like like <laughs> Yeah, this is clearly the level that I'm not on with keyboards yet. I think of this like a PC. Like when you buy a computer, 75, 85, 95% of people don't build their own computer. They buy a computer and just use it until it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. And for the few percent that do build their own computer, there is a massive enthusiast market for all kinds of subtle things that only you would notice and be very proud of in the thing you built your ram sticks of rgb that you can you know coordinate the colors of as you're gaming and like all these little things you have the glass and you can see it and that's cool but like that's a very small amount of people mm -hmm. and this is kind of the same thing with keyboards like most people just get a keyboard but yeah. the small amount of people that are building their own keyboards are gonna think this is crazy cool i think but that's a small amount. Of uh, I will. I'll counterpoint that a little bit. And I'm again. I'm biased. I inherently don't like this keyboard because I think Final Mouse is a pretty terrible company. Um, at three hundred and fifty dollars, I don't think it's at the price point of the people you're talking about. For True. reference, I believe the case to this keyboard is five hundred dollars. Just the case in the PCB. Just the red heavy piece. Mm -hmm. Like keyboard keyboards get expensive. Um, so like at three fifty, I wonder what really the like build material is on all of this, and then I thought you were gonna say the opposite. I thought you were gonna say like a normal board expensive. is like eighty dollars, and I think they're just Listen, overcharging. People. I think there. I mean, there are board uh, like if you bought a gaming laptop from like or a gaming keyboard from like Steel Series, mechanical gaming keyboard, like pretty cherry switches, one hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, one hundred fifty to two hundred, sure. and then like 
Glorious gets a little more expensive, but I think they're in that like sweet spot of it's like you can buy a full keyboard that will just work out of the box, but it's got hot swappable switches. It's got like different keycaps that you can buy a bunch of customized stuff that you can upgrade later. So right. it's almost like buying a pre-built PC, a, but knowing you can change the graphics card later. It's a it's a foundation. It's like the it's the the um oh my god, what's it called? What's the word? What's we're the, thinking we're both thinking of the I don't word. think we're thinking it's of the It's a same. platform. It's a platform. <laughs> I was gonna say it's the gateway truck. <laughs> oh no, no, no. It's the it's it's the platform that you can you can swap yes, things okay, out on fair. later. Yeah, and it's like yeah. it's like the entry level into that. Like sure. you can start pretty entry level, but you can go pretty deep on a glorious keyboard, which I think is why they're in a really cool marketplace. But that's like that's a little more expensive than that. And I'm assuming there's not much you can change because all of it needs to be those clear it's pieces. Proprietary, yeah, very. And I just, as good as people are at typing, I don't think I would ever want a keyboard with none of the letters or anything on the keycaps. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty good typist, but I, I do check my hands once in a while. All the time. Like, there are so many times where I have to check my hands for certain things. There are keys a, you just don't hit all the time. And... I had a matte black keyboard for a while. Mm -hmm. no I remember letters. that, yeah. It got pretty tough. I don't think we ever used it to actually type on. We used it for, like, a prop. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't love this thing. Mm. I think it's kind of weird. And it's pretty wild. I think Final Mouse kind of sucks, but... Well, <laughs> we'll check out... Uh... Well, I'll, I'll keep my eye out for keyboards. I'm sure you guys will be tweeting them at me as, Please, I, yeah. as I say this. So you do have to take a quick break and come back, and we will talk about the 2022 predictions and the blind smartphone camera test. But first, a little bit of trivia. All right. So trivia finale was last week. So this week, we're still doing trivia, but it doesn't count. Think of it like a friendly the, or exit. The numbers yeah. don't matter. The numbers don't matter. Yeah. Whose line is it anyway? <laughs> um, okay, so Facebook was launched in 2004. Twitter debuted July of 2006, but in 2011, which celebrity jointly bought MySpace? Uh, I think I know this one. I don't. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Be right back. Hi, we're Visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just Visible. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com. Support for this show comes from NetSuite, and that's exactly what NetSuite provides, support. But what they really provide is support where you need it, because no one needs help where they don't need it. So NetSuite wants to provide you with products and services that are tailor-made for your business. Help where you need it. NetSuite is a top-rated cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessible from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all of your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math, see how you'll profit with NetSuite. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended their one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks, so head to netsuite.com slash waveform. That's netsuite.com slash waveform, netsuite.com slash waveform. All right, we're back. And 
So last year, right around this time, we made predictions for 2022 and specifically said, let's make sure we revisit these predictions. So that's what we're going to do today. I remember none of what I said. It's fun. I went back and watched the whole episode and it's there's some good predictions. There's some really bad ones and some really good ones and a couple. Some, some really funny things. So that we, should just go, said. we should go over what people said and then maybe react slash summarize. Maybe yeah. We could do like future predictions a little bit. Maybe we'll do a full episode of those later. Yeah. But I, I'm curious what we actually okay. said last cool. year. <laughs> I'm just going to bring it up. If you remember last year, we brought the team in and everyone kind of had a prediction. Some right. of them kind of overlapped with each other, but we'll just go over everything, see who is right, who is wrong. Um, okay. Let's start with Adam, everyone's favorite producer, Adam. He, so... He predicted something and then funnily accidentally predicted something. So I'll explain. Um, he was looking for the OP2 from Teenage Engineering. Um, but in that process, you and I didn't know what it was. Yeah. Um, and I still don't know. Do we? Did that happen? <laughs> well, okay. Yeah. Tell us if it happened or not. We didn't get I an don't... OP2, but they did release the OP1 field, which is an updated OP1. So and they fixed the things that I wanted fixed about it. In the episode, you were that. like, you wanted USB-C, you yeah. wanted just some like, it was pretty like Better a refresh. millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. So they did kind of do that. Yeah, it's just not called OP2. Exactly. In the process of asking for that, I asked you, since we didn't know, we asked you what the chances of that happening and your words were not very optimistic and said about as good of a chance as a pixel watch coming out which <laughs> funny enough oh funny you say that yeah we did get it we got watch. the pixel watch yeah that I thought funny. That was, so you so this you know both I, this is why you i don't gamble <laughs> you technically were right with your gut you're like probably the same chance as a pixel watch and then they both happen yeah I, exactly yeah we'll call that a win i think that's i think a, definitely that's a win. you got that one. unintentional win Unintentional. <laughs> um, Hayato said what I think a lot of us agreed with. And after he said this, I think almost everyone kind of agreed. But more EVs from legacy car manufacturers and from startups. He did specifically mention Canoe. Mm. I'll give the L on that one. Um, but I do think it's fair to say we saw a big influx in yeah. EVs this year. Yeah. If Lots you guys aren't already subscribed to the Autofocus channel, we're, sure. we're checking out a lot of them. I mean, we've had our hands on a lot of them, but now we're, we're able to give thoughts on individual models and a lot of yeah. the strategies that we see from these companies. So yeah, I, f I want to give a lot of credit to Volvo and GM, yeah. who I feel like have been like quietly doing a pretty solid job. Volvo, I just think their website is incredibly like future. Like they just showcase their EVs, which is cool. Uh, and they also do Polestar stuff. But then uh, GM's got like Cadillac's got the Lyric. The Hummer's got the Hummer, the Hummer truck or whatever. But it's an electric tank. pickup truck. So that exists. Uh, and there's some stuff in the pipeline. F-150 Lightning. Ford that, is out that here. That came out just barely correctly on time. It waited till like maybe the last month. But yeah. So Ford's got, to see them. Ford's got the Mach-E and the F-150 Lightning out. Um, there's some startups like Rivian's real. Rivian's Rivian? killing it. Rivian? Oh, these okay we're kind of close to an amazon yeah, warehouse yeah, yeah. or whatever's going on back mm -hmm. there uh, and the other day i was coming into this studio and i couldn't like get the angle or like shoot it with my phone as i was coming in but i was stuck in traffic and i looked up on the bridge and there was like 12 amazon delivery vans in a row then mm -hmm. it was like rivian non-rivian rivian non-rivian <laughs> rivian and it was like they clearly like started updating their fleet or whatever. that's awesome and i wonder how long it'll take before they just go fully electric but those things are everywhere yeah now. and the r1s is starting to like is it what is it it's coming out for like reviews it feels like i don't know if 
I deliveries saw, started. I yet? saw the first one on the road. Okay, on the way to the studio a couple days ago. So it's in customer hands, not it, in big it, numbers, but it's okay. out there. It's a hard to tell sometimes because isn't there a Rivian place in New York City? And we started seeing a couple of trucks. Yeah, it's probably yeah. test drives and stuff. But still, yeah. yeah, Rivian's doing great. Canoe's not one of them. No, um, <laughs> we did also. We had a bet going of who would make the first sub thirty thousand dollar EV with at least two hundred and forty miles. Ooh, um, is the Bolt over 240? Yes. Is 259. It? Okay. Starting, you can get one at 259 miles for around 28 or 27, I think. So that's officially, back then, yeah. the Bolt was starting at like 32. So we did get it. The funny thing is, is we all said like, this is a bet we'll come back to in five years. And then Chevy just decided to like drop the price by $5,000. It's so. tough. Cars are not cheap right now. No. That is impressive. But you got to test drive the Bolt. Like, yeah, I did a whole video on it. It mm-hmm. is, I think it's it's basically the baseline for a good acceptable EV. There's a couple like other cheap EVs, um, but I think the Bolt is a good baseline. Yeah. It's really solid. So yeah, um, that was good. You, uh, we'll just say a couple of us guessed which company we thought would do it first. Um, uh-huh. You thought Tesla, Hayato Adam and David thought Hyundai. The worst guess was me. I thought Toyota, and I thought I had a reasonable, but they're still not I making am any electric cars. One, the uh, or the Easy Four X or uh, whatever, which is terrible okay. and way too expensive. <laughs> Easy, yeah, it's. I I took a massive loss on that guess, um, but yeah, we did get the sub thirty thousand dollar two hundred forty mile EV. Okay, very proud of that. Very I hope nice. that starts a lot. I hope that's. Next year, I hope we see more things yep. like that. I hope the Bolt's not the only one at the end of exactly. next year. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, David guessed more folding phones. This is true. Yes. Uh, and this is a bit of a spoiler alert, but I'll just say it. We were considering adding a best folding phone category to the Smartphone Awards mm-hmm. this year. We ended up not doing it okay. because they're still sort of burgeoning. Like the, it, it could still die off. But I think there is a good enough variety that we we could have done it this year. Okay. Um, the Find N2 just dropped. It's like really nice. We're I expecting w- a, a pixel fold around the corner. We we still have like the big ones and the crazy Xiaomi ones and the fold from Samsung and the yeah. flips. All of them do the flip thing. The Razer. Yeah, there's I, a bunch. I love seeing all of them because it feels like a lot of companies are doing kind of a piece of it right. Like Samsung's That's clearly the way. furthest ahead and like it all works so well, but like the Xiaomi one is so thin. I picked it up the other day on the table and I was like, huh, there should be a Xiaomi folding phone too. And David's like, you're holding it. I was like, oh my God. I'd like, I didn't even notice I was holding something that thing. Mm-hmm. The Find N2, the for, the size of it is fantastic. Like it's really nice. I absolutely love it. So yeah, I guess once Samsung loses its lead a little bit, then a folding phone category will make way more sense. It's still funny because in the U.S., like most people aren't buying a Xiaomi. They're not no. buying the Oppo Find N. Mm-hmm. They're not really able to buy the rate. The Razer is just if you're on Verizon. It's like you basically just have Samsung as your options outside of Verizon. So it's going to be tough. But it is true that we have more theoretical folding options yeah. now. And when Pixel comes out. Yeah, that could be on the list. Who knows when that will actually yeah. come out. But um, all right, let's go on to Tim. Tim's was fun. He was wrong and also kind of dead on. So okay. he said he wants an iMac Pro 27-inch with Apple Silicon. Yep, we so, all want that. So that's wrong. But he said specifically more range of products for professionals from Apple. And he says he needs something for professionals between the Apple Silicon regular iMac and the, and the Mac Pro, which he kind of was 
dead so on. The Mac Studio. The Mac Studio was exactly kind of exactly what he was talking about. That's that is pretty close. Uh, there is a recent report from Mark Gurman on Bloomberg mm-hmm. of. Uh, basically the saddest thing i've read in a while i know i have this later in here because there's yeah it's like hey guys remember how apple said there would be a two-year transition and that was two and a half years ago yeah so they kind of missed the boat there it looks like they're canceling the m2 extreme which would have been like twice the size of the m2 ultra which which, is already like four times the size which is already huge like they're canceling this super mega chip thing and they're just going to do mac pro with uh the next they're going to do M2 stuff across the board. So we have yeah. M2 in the iPad now, and we're going to get an M2 Pro, M2 Ultra, and that Ultra will be the highest-end chip. There won't be an even bigger chip in the mm-hmm. Mac Pro. And I was very sad to read that. And then I also read that they appear to have canceled the iMac Pro, which is also very sad. Oh, I missed that part. And I also believe I read that they... Remember when we were reading about this like upgraded 7K Pro Display XDR? Yeah, you... Um, That's also delayed. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's clearly delayed because it's not out, and we were hoping yeah, by the end yeah. of two years this, it would all be out. But Apple, they've got to eventually drop it. Some sort of modular desktop Mac with Apple Silicon at some point. That is what Mark Gurman's article said, right, is that there would be an M, an M Ultra chip in a package that has more, like, RAM and GPU slots. And, yeah. I forget. I don't know. More upgradability. In yeah. It, like, modular upgradability. Because you, you, people don't open up the Mac Studio and, and add RAM. Like, the, yeah. they don't do a modular computer outside of the Mac Pro, basically, right now. Do you think so, it'll be in a in the same form factor as the current Mac Pro? Because that I seems... it can be much smaller. I was going to say, that would seem ridiculous to be that big for... Yeah. If the M2 chip. Ultra chip can kick ass in the M2... In, in the Mac Studio, yeah. then if you just do a... A Mac Studio that like looks like it like gained a few pounds. I, f- I feel like it can be an on the desk computer instead of an under the desk computer. Okay, it can be like the I it think can be right, the yeah. size of kind of what Apple was hoping they could do with the trash can Mac Pro. They can actually finally do <laughs> yeah. it in that size now because <laughs> they, they were out of their minds to try to do it with an Intel chip and all the Radeon stuff. But now they can actually do it that size. I hope they bring it back and they're like, "Told you so." <laughs> can't Gen- innovate <laughs> anymore. It's funny because like when they say that on stage and then that product just just bombs. But like. They could do it now. Yeah. They could do it now. Um, In terms of XDR, Vin actually predicted a Pro Display XDR, but with a 120 hertz. I guess it's almost like an iMac Pro because he wanted a Pro Display XDR casing, 120 hertz refresh rate, but then a chip inside that then you could plug into an external GPU for extra power. Oh, so it's an iMac. So it's pretty much an iMac Pro with an X with the capability of plugging in like an external GPU. That would be really nice. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. It definitely did not happen. And no, nothing close to it that didn't happen. happen. No. But I, you know, I I can still dream. We can still dream. Can still dream. <laughs> yeah. So Michael's prediction was it wasn't really a prediction. He just wanted to know like are we going to stop seeing as many desktops in the like creative world? Right. Um and kind of bang on on that we didn't see a new mac pro we didn't see a new imac pro we didn't get as many desktops this the studio obviously is a desktop but it feels like it's going to that like form smaller form factor which is obviously still a desktop but and also that the macbook pros are really good exactly and i feel like for what we do like so michael has a macbook one of yeah. the new macbook pros now and it's like it's great for the workflows the apple silicon advancements for a lot of the third yeah. party software is all catching up like th- those machines are great and it does feel like he was right that the desktop is less necessary than ever i think his like 
example essentially was that like he does very intense motion graphics and he's using a laptop so if he's at the point of not really needing like a desktop and can go around and then do stuff like this at a coffee shop or something is pretty wild like how many more people in this space are going to really need desktops and i think proving it but even still i'm still a psycho though for that i want that (laughs) i mean almost all our new hires when they get their um equipment they're picking macbook pros at this point mariah's got a macbook pro hayato's got a macbook pro it's one of the best apple products in a long time yeah those things yeah i'm a i'm a fan of them i am i am still the crazy one waiting for the super overpowered desktop because i still see a little bit of headroom in my workflow that i would like to take advantage of but generally yeah they're great yeah, we did also very specifically mention this is for creative workflow like this, not for gaming. Desktops will never die when it comes to gaming. Just for all you commenters who are already typing up that, that's what's going to happen. Very specific here. Um, all right, your predictions. What did I say? Let's see. Well, okay, we'll just, you were hoping, oh. you were very adamant about the Mac Pro, and I was hoping for you, and an iMac Pro actually, um, but yes. Unfortunately, Apple did not complete their 2022 predictions. Um, I was hoping the biggest tech company in the world could follow through on a two-year prediction, (laughs) but they unfortunately were unable. That is pretty rough when you think about it like that. They've had a lot of time to do this and uh, no dice. But you also did predict more collaborations on all of our channels. And I think... Especially right. on Waveform, I would totally say that happened. For sure. Waveform, we had some fun ones. Studio, we're, we're starting to do a little more. Obviously, it's it's tough to have you know traveling happen, but we're getting yeah. back to it. Uh, yeah, that is definitely a goal, more, just as much as it is a prediction, for yeah. sure. But Waveform, we had like tech people like Jerry Rig Everything come on. We had yeah. Has- Hassan Minhaj come on, which I don't think any of us could have ever predicted last year. That yeah. was not on my 2022 bingo. Card. Wasn't yeah. on mine either. Yeah, very happy it happened, but wasn't on my prediction. Um, so yeah, lots of new collaborations. Let's hope for more in the future. 100%. I think we really, really like those. Um, and then me just on the predictions L list again will come <laughs> down, I guess. A drone with a battery life of 40 minutes. I don't think drone battery prediction, drone battery life changed like at all in terms of like consumer drones and stuff like that. Yeah, it's trying to think. I think there's like one DJI drone that has a super long. Let me just double check this. I will. I will say the um, the DJI Avada or Avata whatever it's called, is probably my favorite piece of tech of 2022. It was so much fun, but it still has the exact same battery life that it feels like every single DJI consumer drone has. Like, it's all like 25 minutes. Yeah, there's like a couple niche ones. Like, there's one called the Autel Evo 2 Pro, has a 7,000 milliamp hour battery and is rated for 40 minutes. There's definitely a lack of long-range drone batteries yeah. in the consumer world. Still makes me sad. But yeah. um, And then my other prediction was that I was going to get you on a live stream teaching you how to play a video <laughs> game, and that also didn't happen. And that was a pretty easy one. So um, yeah. I'm going to try again I in mean, 2023. there's still time. There's we no time. <laughs> we do not have time to <laughs> do not? anything this week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I pretty much failed every single one of my predictions. Good job, Andrew. Same. Um, yeah. No, you... You had the collaborations part, right? Yeah, yeah, decently. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff for 2023 along the same lines of our 2022 predictions. I think there will be more foldables again. Mm-hmm. I think there will be hopefully a Mac think, Pro and more EVs. Uh, I think for there sure. will be yeah. even uh, even more EVs. I think probably 
what did I say? Basically every year for the next 10 years will be the most interesting year yet of EVs. And we're in like year three of that. So there's yeah. going to be more next year for sure. I am also still hoping for like a nice Pro Display XDR equivalent, some sort of sweet display that we can use for the desktops, but also MacBook Pros are still really good. Well, there's a lot of good stuff that could still happen that we predicted last year that may come true in, in a sort of a part two in 2023. Okay, I thought you were going to say the last week of 2022. No, and I was like, nah. Year. We could just be super early with our predictions. Yeah, I know? think that just means we're wrong. Yeah. Well, what, what <laughs> okay. if I play a video game on stream and we get a 40-minute dr drone battery life and we get the Mac Pro all next year? I mean, that would be we're, awesome. We're, we're right, just like a little early. I will get you to play a video game somewhere. I think we talked about me teaching you how to play something. So whether that's a studio live stream or a studio video... I will, I will get you on that. Yeah, we'll I, I usually learn off camera, like table tennis. Okay. Yeah. Fair, but we'll see. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll take a quick break. We got to come back and talk through the blind smartphone camera test. But first, one more trivia question. All right. So I've personally been using Notion for a while, and when we switched to Notion for work, I was super hyped. But all of my notes are spread between a bunch of different apps, including Google Keep. So the question, Same. when did Google Keep launch? <laughs> we want a year? No one I'll knows take a Google year and stuff. a date. The closest one year. gets the fake point. Okay. All right. Okay. I also have notes in Google Keep. All right. I'll think about, I'll think about that one. We'll be right back. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte, team up, fight on. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent... 
You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, welcome back. Let's talk through the Blind Smartphone Camera Test 2022. Mm -hmm. We did it science style this year, which I think was a super fun project. Shout out to the Discord for helping us test this stuff. Shout out to Zach for helping us build this stuff. What we did this time was we had an entire site built. So instead of doing social media polls of 16 different phones and like it's kind of up to whatever matchups we load up and maybe this like people suggested maybe do double elimination, maybe make it a little more scientific because like something could happen on the first picture. and stuff, but it's it's hard to do all of that. That is tough. So we we did full science mode. We took 16 different smartphones. Mm -hmm. We took the same picture with all 16. We fed them into a site which would randomize and show you matchups of all these combinations of the 16. And then instead, well, so that, first of all, that's like, that's pretty sick. So we have the side-by-side of the same picture. We did a standard photo, a portrait photo, and a low-light photo. So you could go through and vote on all three of these categories, and then you would get a winner at the end of your voting. The challenge was 16 phones is a lot of pictures. So if we want you to give like a theoretical fair shot to every single camera, that would be at like at least 120 120 votes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually, we ended up going with an ELO rating system, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the same thing you might see in kind of any ranked video game or like table tennis or anything like that, where you have an overall ranking where your rating goes up based on the winnings against uh, who you play. So if you beat a highly ranked thing, that's worth more than if you beat a lowly ranked thing. It's weighted because a lot of the like organizations or games or stuff that use it is like you don't get the exact same amount of matchups. So like in chess or tennis or even just like video games, it still needs to match you against someone who's played 10 games versus someone who's played 50 games. So you weight everything and then wins and losses are weighted differently. So this means the person that went on voted for five minutes and did 40 Mm matchups is getting a similar score, but maybe not as specific as a person doing 100 votes. Yeah. So the more votes you do, the more tight and statistically accurate your results will be. Yeah. Um, and that was basically the concept. And so we went through it. I blind tested myself, uh, mm-hmm. which was really fun because now I didn't know which photo was yeah. attached to which picture. So my winners when I blind tested myself were for the standard photo, mm-hmm. Pixel 6a nice. was my winner. For portrait mode and for low light, Pixel 7 was nice. my winner, <laughs> really interestingly. Um, but my God, we got a ton of data out of this. So we, we had yeah. to fight up for like three days or so ended up accumulating well over 20 million votes mm-hmm. from over 600,000 voters. And I don't know that there's a collection of unbiased data like this anywhere else on the internet. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, to I, I want to 
throw on there too, like you mentioned you didn't know which is what, like you were blind testing it. You knew a little more just because you knew which phones were in it, but right. in order to make sure that people could, couldn't cheat, first of all, it would be really hard to cheat in this because you have to vote so many times that if we didn't take the measures we did, you would have to like open each picture, go to the X, either see the file name or the XIF data, then vote. And I mean, like most people would, were voting. You would only be cheating yourself. Yeah. Because even if you were to go through and vote, 400 times and just make sure you only vote for one phone at the end mm -hmm. there were 20 million votes yeah, yeah. and people were just bam bam i think there was something like a peak of thirty-five thousand votes per minute yep so people were really just bam bam just clicking through reacting like. gut reaction left or right left or right and just going through them and that's how we got so many and pieces of information even on top of that we still took the extra steps and we cleared all exif data and labeled everything with letters that way people don't know what phone it is um yep. it was I actually didn't see a single person sh with a post that says like, I know this is this phone because you guys left something behind, which I'm very surprised at. Yeah. Um, we definitely, we took a lot of extra time to make sure this did it. We correctly. cropped them off the same resolution. We compressed them all to the same file size. Yeah. We did a lot. We did a, we a, did a lot, lot of things. Um, and I'm super, super happy, like you said, about how it came out. I think it was so much fun. I, I like the fact that it was like, you voted quick because you could pixel peep if you wanted to, or you could just very quickly be like, this one looks better, this one looks better. And like you're subconsciously picking the things, the traits in the photo that you like, mm. and therefore like quickly picking them. Because when you're scrolling through Instagram, very rarely are you zooming all the way in. Exactly. Are you like, yeah. And and it's cool too, because like people were saying, make sure you tell people to turn off true tone, make sure they're looking at it on a color accurate display. You're, you're not. When you're on your phone, true tone's probably on night yep. mode might be on past 10 like you're looking at these pictures how you would look at them 95 yeah. percent of the time that was the goal yeah just glanceable photos on the internet so with all these 16 phones uh there are various ways that i could determine a winner but also way more interesting things that we could determine so i want to get through all of them yeah first of all the winner I determine the winner by the one with the highest average ELO rating across all three categories. Mm -hmm. So a high ELO rating for standard and for low light and for portrait, yep. highest average. That winner was the Pixel 6a. It won the entire test against all their flagships, against the Pixel 7, its, yeah. it's bigger brother, but also against the Huawei Mate 50 Pro, the iPhone 14 Pro, against the, well, the, the $1600, Sony Xperia the Galaxy S22 Ultra, uh, the Vivo X80 Pro Plus that we use, there's, there are a lot of heavy hitters in here. Mm -hmm. And the 6A, which is incredible because do you remember what won the blind smartphone camera test last year? I do. The Pixel 5A. So this is not a fluke now. We have millions of votes. No, and people really like the photos across the board out of the 6A. Yeah. I do also want to give honorable mention, and some people might consider this the winner, but... The reason we didn't go with total overall winning votes was because w through when we were looking at our votes, because standard was the first category and potentially because it might be people's favorite categories, but we don't know that, it got about three times as many votes versus low light and portrait. So I think it was like 12 million votes in standard, 4 million low light, 4 million portrait. Mm -hmm. Total amount of wins, the Oppo Find X5 won. Yes. If you consider yourself somebody, and I don't think this is an unreasonable thing to say, somebody who finds just regular standard pictures way more important than portrait mode and low light mode, 
the Oppo Find X5 may be the yeah. winner of this. So the Oppo Find X5 Pro had the strongest ELO in standard photos. Yes. And it had a solid 100,000 more votes than second place Pixel 7 and third place Pixel 6a. Mm -hmm. So if you just care about standard photos, Oppo Find X5 Pro was up there. But guess what? That was second to last in portrait mode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it happened. It was real far down in portrait mm -hmm. mode. So the pixels were very consistent, and the Oppo had the strongest ELO. The biggest win, though, was in portrait mode, the Pixel 7 Pro demolished. Yeah. It was by far the strongest ELO. Um, it, had w it had way more wins than second place, which was the Pixel 6a again. Yeah. Um, sneaky third place, Realme 10 Pro Plus in portrait mode. Realme 10 Pro Plus might be the dark horse winner of this whole thing, because while it didn't place top Oh, no, it did place top three there, I guess. But, like, it didn't... It was probably, like, sixth overall in total votes or something. But when you look at, uh, like, we did a little math of votes per dollar overall. And yeah. while Pixel 6a won, Realme was right there. And both of them, in terms of how many times they won for how much they cost, were just far, far ahead of everything else. Which, yeah. everything else was flagship. So, like... Yeah. To, yeah. The fact that so many people blindly voted and really found the Realme 10 Pro Plus photos universally better than iPhone photos across the board yeah. is really interesting. Um, and, yeah, as far as how many dollars you're spending on these phones, that's a much less expensive phone than most of the others. Yeah, and... and It's the cheapest phone we used in this entire test. I think so. There is the Nothing phone, which did terribly in most of these categories, um, yeah. which is still a little more expensive. But there were a couple other, like, mid-range budget options. But the Realme did fantastic. I was not yeah. expecting that. My biggest surprises. I'm going to go with my biggest surprises across the board. Okay. Number one was that the Sony Xperia 1 Mark IV in auto mode just couldn't pull any wins. It yeah, just got, it just lost to everything. Mm. Um, number two is that the iPhone 14 Pro was kind of middle of the pack. It was yeah. fine. Nobody really, they didn't come at the top. I think it was sixth, tenth, and fifth in the three okay. different categories. So it didn't really lose it's at all low light or was win at tough. all. Yeah, yeah low light was okay. Um, so that was interesting. And... Another fun one, which is uh, the Vivo X80 Pro Plus just dominated low light, but the biggest overall individual matchup dominance, mm -hmm. right? Because they all people saw all kinds of matchups, A versus B, C versus F. The biggest overall matchup dominance, the biggest dunk, I would say, <laughs> the biggest dunk yeah. was the Pixel 7 Pro over the Sony Xperia Mark IV in portrait mode, mm -hmm. in which... It was a 98% it was rough. in favor of the Pixel. Um, only 1,500 people out of like several tens of thousands yeah. voted for the Sony. That, that, was, that was an accident. And I don't know <laughs> what they saw in that Sony photo because it wasn't close. I do want to say, to be like, we the reason you said Sony in auto mode is because Sony clearly can take some crazy pictures in manual mode. And that yeah. seems to be more what it's for, like more quote unquote pro mobile photography. Exactly. We did force bokeh mode, which they called. They don't call it portrait mode. I think it would have taken, and I actually think for a lot of these phones, a regular photo in the correct distance tapping on a face would probably give a better depth of feel and roll off than these portrait modes. Yeah. I think we're getting closer and closer to just seeing portrait mode kind of fade away because interesting. I think most of these phones would take a better, quote, portrait picture in standard mode. It's funny, portrait mode kind of feels like a like a cultural feature. 100%. Like it sort of comes up and goes away in the in the zeitgeist. Like people just use portrait mode a lot sometimes and then it just kind of mm -hmm. goes away for a while. And I know I feel like I know people who will like 
go on a hike with their friends and they'll just flip to portrait mode and take everything in portrait mode. I don't know. It's just a thing that just happens sometimes that yeah. I've noticed. Um, but yeah, you know, you can you can weight that super low and just like take that out of the test completely and just look at the other results. So, but we have yeah. all the numbers and there's just so many, so much, so much data. I think my, <laughs> we all know Asus phones have done pretty well in these tests before and they did all right here. I think the Zen phone may have been third in portrait. No, 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 no. In portrait, Zen Maybe phone was, like was fourth. It is seventh. Uh, the Zen phone was sixth in low light. Okay, and the Zen phone was fourth in standard. Okay, it might have been third overall. Oh, I think it was third overall in average Elo. Average Elo, it is right behind the pixels okay. in third place. The yeah. Zen phone and ROG Phone Six uh, portrait cutout, I thought was immaculate. It was like. I think it was right there with the S22 Ultra. Yeah, the problem say. one is the S22 Ultra blurred the background more, which made, while the cutout was perfect, you know how in Photoshop, if you perfectly nail a cutout, but if it's on a very contrasted background, it feels like a you sticker on like yeah, a... Yeah, I, if you feather the edge in the wrong direction, it kind of, it looks like it's like melting a little bit. It, it just feels like it's cut out artificially whereas sure. the zen phone just like rolled off the background a little less intense and felt more blended in like a real yeah. photo where the s22 ultra it also didn't nail like exposure and stuff so it, it had a good cutout but it felt fake and mm -hmm. just wasn't a great picture but the it zen did. phone nailed it it's yeah. one of the best cutouts i've ever seen and your hair is not easy to cut out yeah all these had a challenge with my hair and with the mm -hmm. the not a flamethrower that i'm holding yeah um the iphone SE i also want to point out does not have night mode and it is the only phone on our list that does not have night mode. And we'll chalk that up to Apple's fault and that it still should be in there because it's, night mode in this phone. it's going against phones that are cheaper than it in some cases and have night mode. And ones that did well in night mode too. Yeah, so it got dominated in the low light mm -hmm. uh, because it doesn't have night mode, but it does have a nice sensor with OIS, with a wide aperture, with a new processor. It, Why doesn't it have night no mode? There's no reason, yeah. So that's, it just got crushed in that, unfortunately. Um, yeah, that's, you know, those are kind of the highlights. I feel like we we now know a lot more about the unbiased nature of people voting on cameras. There's there's many more observations in the full video, which mm -hmm. is like, if you put all of the, the, the pictures in a row next to each other in order from least votes to most votes, remember what we said about, you know, brighter photo typically yes, wins. Yes, I love this. You would yeah. expect to see like a gradient of like dark to light. Mm -hmm. What we actually found was the Best photos were a correct exposure at the top. Yeah. The worst photos were the darkest ones on the other side. And then in the middle were the two bright photos. So you can actually be too bright and yeah, lose out sure. to the correct exposure. And that happened in pretty much all the categories. In every single which category. Was really interesting. Yeah, it's not an absolute, which is like the previous brackets that we've done, a lot of people are just like, the brightest and most saturated is going to win. And it's like, in, in the case of a good photo or even in the case of a bad photo, yes. But like, but you can't you, just crank it all. You the way can up. overdo it, and this really showed. If you are going, to, if you are a camera company out there, maybe a low budget one, you're gonna have a crappy camera. Go bright and go would, saturated. It's a good way to not come in last place. A bad camera, it looks nicer when it's brighter. Yeah, the Moto Edge is a good example of if it's dark, it will just lose. Yeah, it's just gonna lose all of its matchups. And so like the the super bright, like Samsung, I think tends now to be a little bit overexposed more often. Yeah, and I think I noticed that in the review, but like it's very clear now when you see them in that lineup. It's like it gets to the brightest ones, and then it's the Samsung, and then it's the good exposures over mm -hmm. the Samsung. So Samsung did brighten everything, but it didn't win because of it. So that was interesting to note. Um, yeah, the 
the night mode had some of the craziest photos. Okay, there. I, I want to like and kind of go on that. Um, just something I saw a lot of comments, and I have a couple just like pieces of feedback that I saw that I just want to talk about because the reason we made this test this year is because of feedback we got in previous years, and it just finally came to the like like we want to do this different. As we were talking about it, Zach actually reached out to us early this year and we started talking with him and he had a really, he's pretty much one of the people who was like, I think you could do this in a cooler way, in a more scientific way. And mm -hmm. again, shout out to him, but let's just go over some of the feedback. And the first one is, I think people thought some of the pictures we took were very easy, but we were very specific on photos we took and they are hard. Every single one of these pictures is a hard picture to take. Okay. Yeah. I'll go over that. So every picture we take for these tests intentionally has a bunch of different variables because we don't want one of them to win just because it does one thing exactly, well, yeah. right? So if I just take a picture of me in front of a blank white wall, what you will learn is which one takes a picture of me the best, yeah. and you can vote on that. And that's cool, but what if the subjects you take pictures of don't all look like me? So, and then you add, what about if dynamic range was really bad on one of these phones? You would never know that if it's just me in front of a blank white yep. wall. So the, the bottom line was add as many, not variables, but as many facets for it to do well or poorly mm -hmm. as possible so that when people vote, they can just vote on whichever one they instinctively think is better without thinking too hard. Yeah. So it's me and Adam in front of a window with a deep background, depth of field, with lights overhead. So you're getting dynamic range, multiple skin tones, mm -hmm. sharpness of a subject, overall focal length, drop off of like how shallow the depth of field is with a normal photo, all of this stuff in one picture. I had to change my shirt so we had different yep. colors. We yeah. had a blue shirt on and I had a red <laughs> shirt. Blue exactly. Yours is a knitted sweater. And like one thing we really noticed is when uh, phones weren't doing great with exposure, one of the problems was the blacks and the the uh, collar of your sweater yeah. had a lot of stitch marks and in good exposed ones, you could see every single line. And if you look down the list, it just looked like a straight black collar. The, the bottom three or four, you could not see any At detail all. on the black yeah. collar. Yeah, that was a specific note that we'd noticed because of the sweater I was yep. wearing, but then also you'd see that more in the hair and then you'd see that the windows look different. Mm -hmm. It all kind of tied together. So that's all very intentional. Very, very, yeah. The low light photo, Again, you can you can take a low light photo anywhere. What we did this time was a softly subject lit low light photo in front of a nighttime nightscape that is far away. Mm -hmm. So what you have now is you have me, which is just like, can it get the subject in focus? Almost all of them did. <laughs> they did a pretty good job. Oh, I would no. argue like half of them missed you in focus. A couple of them, I think only one of them truly missed focus, which was a Samsung, but a lot of them slightly missed or would have just a little bit of motion. motion okay, blur, I guess that's what I was talking about. Which kind of looks the same because it feels it's like you missed it. Yeah. So that was number one, which is like these are all going to be longer exposures, and you mm -hmm. hit that button, and that's that's one of the variables is how well can they isolate hand movement. It'll have a subject in focus. It's going to have to do. A, it's going to have to make a decision about exposure. So does yeah. it want that dark dark background to be bright or not? And if it did, you would see it brighten everything in the foreground too. It would brighten the floor. That yeah. was right behind me. So it had to make an exposure decision. And then it had to make like a, it's just a depth of field thing, which is like some of them have a bigger sensor and the the skyline behind me and the moon right above my head mm -hmm. would either be a little bit more blurred or a little bit more flared or something like that. So all of this stuff was noticeable in just that one low light photo. Yeah. And then lastly, the portrait mode photo. This is again a tough one because there are a lot of variables with portrait mode photos from the focal length they decide to use, 1x, 1.5x, 2x, 3x, 
um, to the amount that they blur the background, mm -hmm. to how good the cutouts are, to how good the rest of the photo is. So we, again, I had that sweater on. Yep. And you had me as a subject. You also have me with a wall on one side with a close-up background and the rest of the studio on the other side with a faraway background. So you mm -hmm. can sort of judge the fall off of the amount of blur. You also have me holding an object that is not a human. So you have the face cut out mm -hmm. with the hair, but you also have a non-human cut out with the not a flamethrower. And the flamethrower had a like hole in it as well. So you can see the if it decided test. to like, yeah, include exactly include the piece that yeah. is clearly the wall that should be blurred, but is not because yeah. it might think it's part of the object. They all did different levels of good yeah. at that. So there's a lot of data other than just like me and how mm -hmm. well you cut me out. So we, we did a lot of thinking about like how to yeah. do all of these tests with one photo. Because what we didn't want to do is have you do three portrait mode tests yeah. and three low light tests. Exactly. So that was our And we goal. didn't want to be like, we know every single person is going to vote because the cutout is good in this. Or we know everyone's going to vote because like the skin tones in this are good. You like photos for different reasons. And that's part of what we tried to figure out when we saw all of these. Because when we were looking at portrait mode, it was like, all right, cutouts seem to be super important here. And like... The, the focal length of things didn't seem like that much of an issue or and just we can look through that and then see like oh the top three things had this in common and the bottom three things had this in common and then yeah we can kind of that's guess how you why people yeah from the patterns yeah so yeah i would say check out the video it has all of the summarized thoughts and organized versions of these conversations as we yeah. get into the weeds uh, i also want to give another shout out to zach who like built this system that helped us like serve these different matchups to you it turned out that across the board it did a really good job of evenly showing you a random series yeah. of matchups the total votes for the phones across the board are all pretty much 2.7 million the absolute mm -hmm. minimum that any phone got was 2,737,148 votes. And the absolute maximum that any phone got was 2,742,474 votes. Yeah, that, really good. that was something I saw a couple people worried that, I think people were taking the personal test and seeing like phone B got 17 chances and then like one of the other phones only got six. And they thought, well, B had more chances to get wins. And maybe in your personalized results, like there might be a little more if you didn't vote that many times. It's a little less quote unquote scientific. But when it comes to the full data set that we got, th it, that was within 5,000 votes and e the average was 2.7 million. So like yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy close in terms of evenness of votes across it. I don't think any phone got an unfair advantage at yeah. all. Yeah. So we got really accurate ELO scores from that, mm -hmm. which is sweet. So... Uh, Shout out to the Pixel 6a, people's choice. Yeah. Winner for- I'm going to uh, keep saying Oppo Find X5 also did fantastically. It did, and Pixel 7. Yeah. And the shout out to the Rumi 10 Pro Plus, bang for the buck winner. Yeah. Alongside the Pixel 6a, good stuff. If people still want to take the test also, we're going to leave the site up for yeah. personalized results. We're not collecting data anymore because it's a lot of data. It's a lot. For people who were wondering why we compressed, in the first four hours, it was two terabytes of bandwidth um, just for people voting. So, like, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of smarts, but also a lot of data. So, yeah, that's why we compressed. But you can still get your personalized results. I do think we're going to make a switch so it won't show letters anymore. You can just straight up see so you don't have to reference the video. But yeah, take we, the test. Take the test. It's see a lot of got. fun. Um, and, like, the test doesn't mean I, like, Take it with a grain of salt. Look at it. Look down the list. Your number four on the list could still be the perfect phone for you. That doesn't 
yeah. use it as a reference. It's yeah. great. These are always fun. There's more things to a smartphone than the camera, but it always exactly. it is yeah, always fun because like too. you you will go into this with an expectation of what you think will win, and you will very likely be surprised it's, by where that expectation shows mm -hmm. up on the list. The best part about this every year is finding people who absolutely hate a company and realizing that that's their winner. <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so that that's always a fun part. I can't wait. As of recording this, we haven't launched the video yet. It will be out by that time, so I can't wait to read the comments and everything. It's going to be great. One of my favorite videos of the year, every year. Fun time. Well, we've talked for a long time, so we should probably wrap this up, but I, th I think we do have some trivia questions yeah, to answer before it. we do that, so let's do that. All right. Trivia that doesn't matter. Yeah. So, <laughs> Facebook was launched in 2004. Twitter debuted in July 2006, but in 2011, which celebrity jointly bought MySpace? That is the question. Do you know the answer? And it's not Tom. Can we ask who they jointly bought it with? Uh, you can. It's not going to help. Doesn't matter, Angie. You can write whatever you want. I still want to win. No one's going to judge you. All right. Ready? I mean, they might. <laughs> and flip. What'd you guys write? I wrote Matt Damon. I wrote Justin Timberlake. Justin wow, Timberlake. you knew that. Yeah. It became like a music site. Yeah. Like MySpace oh, just pivoted. I should have known the music thing. I still probably wouldn't. Would not have guessed they pivoted super GT, hard. Super but, hard. Yeah. All right. Next question. Bring it back. New Twitter. My, MySpace. New Twitter. Let's go. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Buy Twitter, please. <laughs> oh, God, no. Okay. <laughs> when did Google Keep launch? Okay. I've been using Google Keep since it launched. Same. Because I've been a tasks user, but I needed a separate place for my notes. I was going to say, but dude. Yeah, how many different Google task apps have you used, and can you make? Did you write your answer already? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna think out loud then. Okay. I was using it in, at the end of college for sure, so that was 2015 at least. So it's got to be before 2015. Now I'm trying to picture. I think it was on like a Google Play Edition HTC when I was first in that apartment, which was like 2012. I think what 2012. Ooh. Like, uh, I forget. Yeah, because I was using Samsung for so long and I think I was using, oh, actually I was using the Note and I was, my Notes app was just wherever it would go when you just scribbled it on the front screen. S Notes, Samsung. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I was using Samsung Notes for a while. So I have no real reference to this. That was probably 20, I don't know. And no, I don't even know when I went to a Pixel if it had Keep or Notes or both. Pixel has it. Pixel Pixel's definitely always, had Keep. Yeah, yeah okay. Pixel has always had Was there had another it. one that it had at the same time? Mm, Did I not take notes? notes? Alarms app? <laughs> <laughs> Set an alarm for remember to. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm, gonna, I'm sticking with my answer here. Right. What do you mostly do in Keep right now? Um, I have a couple pinned notes, which is just like things I need to remember. I have all my stock yardages for each of my clubs, golf clubs. Oh, interesting. Uh, so I have carry distances for everything from my lob wedge to my driver. I have a lot of recipes. And uh, that's, all yeah. my pinned ones are all, it's basically pinned for every different type of coffee gadget that I have. So like my Chemex recipe, my V60 recipe, yeah. my, uh, what notes app do you use besides keep? keep? Or is that, that's your Alarms. main one? <laughs> <laughs> I keep the notes on the cars we're reviewing as I'm driving the car. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. I'll pull over and take a, take just, a note on what I've noticed. Okay. I'm always so cool. mind blown by like how many people actually use keep. Cause I find it horrible. Uh, it's super basic. It's, it's so I, basic. It's, yeah. It is no all features. temporary for me. Like there are probably fifty grocery list app like yeah. notes in there that are all blank because I delete them <laughs> as I pick the thing up at the store. So it's just like Costco. Oh and, yeah. Oh, if you it used to be that if you asked Google Assistant 
to write something down on your shopping list, yeah, it uh, would write it in Google Keep. And then they okay. got rid of that. But now they got I'm rid of that. I'm totally it's wrong on thing. this answer. No, All right, I, my answer is 2012. I said 2016. Yeah. Ugh. Is it 13? 2013. Oh, I knew it. March Dang. 20th, 2013. Okay. That was close. Yeah. I got the imaginary point for being closer. Yeah. Closer. <laughs> Either way. Uh, happy holiday to those of you listening. Yeah. It's probably around the holidays, and I wish you could see Mac wearing his holiday sweater right now. We'll probably throw we'll, a I'll put a picture up. There, yeah. up. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, thank thank you for an awesome year. Um, the podcast itself has grown tremendously. The video podcast views have probably like doubled, which is awesome. Um, so, seriously, thank you all from the whole team here. Um, even audio is up like 10%, so... Lots more people listening to Waveform. Yeah, keep sharing with your friends. We we seriously appreciate everything, and I'm super pumped about 2023. <laughs> On that note, catch you guys in the next one, which is a long-form episode. See you later. Peace. Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Roven. We're partnered with Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro-outro music was created by Vane Sill. We're visible. We're the wireless company with nothing to hide. Seriously. Hidden fees? We don't have them. Annual contracts? Not our thing. Great wireless on just one line? Now that's more like it. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month. Taxes and fees included. That's right. $25 a month? Every month. Sorry, hidden fees. We're just not that into you. Sometimes the choice is just visible. Switch today at visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see visible.com.